Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Savali. We are only at the end of match day five and already Allegri out is trending on social media after a humiliating defeat for Juventus against Sassuolo 4-2 on Saturday. So we'll be breaking down that horror show and what it means for Juventus's prospects this season and what it means again for Max Allegri. Are Juventus set for another dismal season? Inter, though, continue their 100% record in Serie A, beating Empoli thanks to a wonder goal by Federico Di Marco. Does he have the best left foot in Europe, maybe? We'll discuss that. Champions Napoli fall seven points now behind the leaders Inter after another draw as Victor Ossiman misses a penalty and then he rages at manager Rudy Garcia after being subbed off. It looks like Garcia has already lost the dressing room. Milan, though, are back to winning ways as Rafael Leal silences critics after all those misses against Newcastle. Meanwhile, Lazio are also in crisis. They're booed off the pitch in Rome after drawing 1-1. So three big teams in a bit of a crisis. We also have, I've never seen anything like this, we have a, a Prem-demic this week. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever seen so many Prem faces in one week. And uh, my alter ego is one of them. So make sure you listen to the end for Badjo and Prem face of the week. And uh, we'll also preview, preview the, the midweek Serie A action, which is taking place on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so for all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode that we do every Monday reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday where we answer all the questions from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month plus VAT. And you can also now sign up to be a paid subscriber on Spotify. And we will provide the link in the description. It's the same price, same terms um, as if you were to go through Patreon. And for all of you that do listen on Spotify or on Apple or on iTunes podcast, we'd really appreciate if you give us a five-star rating or give us a follow, give us a like. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well. Um, it really helps us to grow and do more quality content. So let's get into today's show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Making your own podcast is fun, but the production of podcasts can also be challenging if you don't have the right software. With Zencaster, the whole process is quick and straightforward. Here at the Italian Football Podcast, we aim to have the highest of standards, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and fantastic HD video quality. Furthermore, it's really easy to use. Even boomers like Carlo can manage. There's nothing to download, just one click, and we start recording each episode. Zencaster ensures that your podcasting experience is easy and enjoyable. You don't even have to leave your browser as it possesses all the tools required to get the episode done, from local recording to automatic post-productions. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code ItalianFootball, one word. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. 
Okay, uh, difficult to know whether to start with the Juventus or Napoli, but let's start with uh, Juventus because there are more Ju- more Juventus fans than Napoli fans, and more angry Juventus fans than, than Napoli fans. Um, well, so, it depends because Napoli fans are going for Rudy Garcia's head right now. Yes, um, they are. They are going for Rudy Garcia. We'll certainly will be getting to that. Don't worry, Nima. Um, but uh, Juventus, um, I don't know where to start on here. I mean, first of all. From a neutral's point of view, uh, I'm sure, Nima, you enjoyed this game greatly. It was an amazingly entertaining game. It was a very entertaining entertaining game. But the quality, look, I, you know me about when it comes to, like, I like, def- I like cohesive defending. I, I do not like when it turns into a game of basically lads drunk playing football. And some of the defending and organisation on Juventus' part and the individual errors, which is not anything you know, tactical. It's just incompetence, arrogance. I don't know what to call what Chesney and Gatti were doing. They were competing in in who was more of an idiot. That, that's yeah. the only. That, that's the only thing I can say. I, I, I remember there was um, in Gothenburg in um, the, one of the most classic. I mean, when you talk about crazy football presidents and crazy Italian football pe- presidents. There was one who's not Italian, but he's definitely honorary Italian. He's not alive anymore. He was from Gothenburg. His name was Bertil Christianson. He was the president uh, of Vestra Frölund IF, And he he was mental. Um, and I remember one time, you know, he used to be the speaker at games. And when he was annoyed at coaches not making substitutions, he used to put, put on the microphone and say, Frölunda are considering making a substitution and then turned it off. <laughs> One of the th- craziest things he ever did was at halftime, he went to Philip Appelstav, who was back then actually a Swedish international, at halftime, I think it was, and told him in the dressing room at halftime in a league game, that was the worst defensive error in the, in the club's 80-year-old history, and then just walked out. That's what I wanted to tell Federico Gatti. What I didn't want to tell Gatti, because I've never—I don't know what to tell to tell you. What him and Chesney? I want—I I tell them both that I don't know where to begin with this. I could not believe what I was watching. No, it's, I think it's it's up there. Gatti's is up there with with maybe top three or five most embarrassing mistakes ever in Serie A history. I, I can't think of many worse than that. Can you? I really I mean, can't. I, off the I top just, of your head, can you think yeah, of anything? Yeah, well, I've, you know, our good Romanian friend, Andrei Ionut Radu, will, will yeah. always be there. And, and of course, uh, Gresco uh, as well. Um, mm. But, I mean, but, those, were, those were, like, uh, more important errors because they mm. cost the title. But, I mean, mm. for, in terms of actual, like, the actual Comical. error itself, yeah, I mean, mm. this was worse than those. I mean, it was... It's, I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. And then the same for, for Chesney um, as well. But this was... What is he doing? What no, was he I'm, doing? Yeah, I mean, you can blame... <laughs> I guess you can blame the rain a little bit, but, I mean, you can't really. But, I mean, this was just, like you said, I mean, this was one of the worst Juventus' performances since Allegri's return. It was every area of the pitch, the attack, the midfield, the defence, collectively, individually, except for Chiesa. He was the only one that played well. Everyone else was terrible. Um, but the defence, we have to start with the defence, as you said, because I have, I have to say this, the biggest remaining myth in football is that Allegri teams are good defensively. They were in his first spell, they're not in his second spell. The numbers back it up. You look at the last two seasons and a bit since he's taken over, Juventus have, have, since he returned, sorry, 
Juventus have conceded 115 goals in 113 games and six in five this season. And now that is not that is not a good defensive record. It's not it's not an an awful defensive record, but it's it's a it's not a good defense. If you're conceding more than a goal a game, that's not a good defensive record, no. uh, and it's certainly not going to have no chance. I think of a lot of that is what you. I don't get what you're alluding to, and I think a lot of it is structural issues. But a lot of it, as we saw with Gatti that game and Chesney, is also some players should not be playing. Some of these players should not be playing at Juve. Um, Gatti for me was not just the error. It's also for Berardi's goal. He's the one who aimlessly, like a headless chicken, lobs the ball up upfield right into the Sassuolo player's uh, feet, right at his feet. Mm. I mean, it's it's just, um, you know, I I like I think I've I've been kind of on the fence because there's some things I've seen from him that I really like, but that was, I mean, you and I don't want to say too much because you know, you can have a horrible game, you can absolutely have an awful stinker of a game. So I want to wait a little bit, but I don't. I don't want to see Gatti in, in in the Juventus lineup for at least a couple of weeks now, because that is just the mistakes like that have to have consequences. They have no, that's, to have that's kind of Harry Maguire kind of yeah m- mistakes. You know, just like really clumsy and just stupid, brainless, and just you know, big headless oaf, chicken. I don't know big what oaf, you know. I mean, yeah. Pub defending, it's not even pub defending, but what we saw from Juventus in this game. I mean, the first and fourth goals, you wouldn't even see that from from, from pub players who were hung over, from, as you would say, from the night before, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's how bad those... those and then even the Berardi goal, the space that was allowed to him to get that shot I mean, Just away. to build up to it. Just to yeah. build up to it. I mean, Gatti was the one who gave the ball away needlessly in the build-up phase when Juventus were moving up the pitch. That's when you literally do not make those kinds of mistakes. And you yeah. did it... It's just, oh, no, 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 no. But it wasn't just these four goals. I mean, Juventus were opened up so many times, especially Mm. in the second half. I didn't think the first half wasn't as bad, wasn't as bad structurally for Juventus. The second half structurally was as bad as I've ever seen Juventus under Allegri. They were opened up time and time again. Uh, Lorientim is two sitters. Uh, Defrel hit the bar. I mean, it could have been, should have been six or seven, really. But the, the way that Juventus was so open in that second half, um, it was again. I, I don't mean, understand what happened. I don't yeah. understand what happened, and and I wonder. It feels like Juve, this Juve side, are mentally fragile. And what what happens to teams, to big teams, who who are whose squads are mentally fragile, is that when your goalkeeper, the, usually the more experienced player, makes a howler like Chesney does, this has a tendency to then become an earthquake that goes through the entire team. And I think that's what we saw. I think Chesney's mistake set the tone for Gatti to then do the other mistake, which led to Berardi's goal, and then they both kind of combined for the for the masterpiece that was that own goal. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's, it, this is what I feel. that There I are think, so many players at Juve, I feel that psychologically, from a mental point of view, are not da Juve in terms yeah. of... Well, I think I think there is a I think there I think mentally there is a mental issue there. There has to be because I th- I just think that some of these errors they made in this game are just inexplicable for players at this level. You just wouldn't because they make crumble that. under you the pressure. Make, yeah, you wouldn't make mistakes like Gatti did unless you've got something mentally weighing over you that affects yeah. you and makes you perform like that. But at the same time, um, 
I think that when you look at the look at Juventus, how structurally bad they mm. were, you can only put mm. that on the manager again. That, that's one hundred percent. You, you that's can only put that on the manager. And, 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 and totally. And 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 you know, I say it again. I mean, Juventus coming to the game. I took the piss. I, I, I put a tweet out um, where I said, you know, if Juventus, I mean, if Juventus weren't playing in Europe. And they had a week to, to prepare for <laughs> They may, might have done all right in this game, and they, they might have you know be able to challenge for the skill. That's the hilarious thing about it. Juventus somehow looked. I mean, what were they doing? What, what preparation did they do this? And they've had a whole week to prepare. Why Inter, Milan, Napoli have been going out playing in Europe, getting exhausted. Juventus have had a whole week to prepare, and then they come out and they prepare like this, and they come out and they play like this. I mean, it's it's you know, I just think that yes, it helps having a week to prepare. We saw what Antonio Conte did when playing once a week. But if it's the same, and I'm sorry I have to keep saying, repeating myself again, but if it's the same coach with the same ideas, outdated ideas, playing once a week won't suddenly produce a miracle. Because if it did, then all the teams who don't qualify in Europe down the lean, they would suddenly be Scudetto challengers. Because that's that's how far off I see Juventus right now. When you, when you see a performance like that, I mean, they're way off. They're absolutely miles off being a, a Scudetto challenger. What we saw, I think yesterday showed, sorry, the game on Saturday showed just how far off Juventus are. And structurally, I mean, the patterns of play, I've said that the only improvements I've seen this season are Juventus are playing with a higher line. And they've been playing with more intensity. The intensity in this game disappeared. They looked tired. They looked exhausted, which makes no sense to me. You have to question their athletic preparation. Mm. If if after a week's preparation for a game and no midweek game, they can look so so tired physically. I mean, the second half, Sassuolo were taken over physically in the game. They was they were the Juventus were off their off on the, off their feet in this in the uh, in in the second half. And mm. and to expand on that. Um, Yes, yeah, so the intensity went. But what I've also said, even during this reasonably good start to the season, is I've still seen no patterns of play. I've still seen no identity. No, there are patterns of play. There's this, none. Uh, this, no, There's no. none. When, 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 against, when? Lazio, against Lazio, we've seen patterns of play. Against Udinese, we, we saw patterns of play. No. We've seen patterns of play. What we don't see, what we have seen now, is what I think is, I. this reminds me of Inter and Milan's banter era quote-unquote, in the sense that there's no real identity at the club. There's no real identity in, in, in the team. It's a mishmash of players and of diff- differing qualities. And you have even if you have an experienced manager there or a good manager there or even a world-class manager there, he is either, you know, is he he's a little bit maybe past his best or whatever and then he's trying to make it work like he did last time it's not working the insecurity creeps in the experienced players start messing up and doing ridiculous things that then sends shockwaves through the team they start crumbling you know this is i feel juventus us like the way that psychologically juventus reminded me against sassuolo of when Inter and Milan were in their quote-unquote banter era, in the sense that you could even have really good players there, but the overall quality was so... I mean, I think Juventus, this Juventus side is levels better than both Inter and Milan's banter era teams. They, they were atrocious. I'm talking about from a psychological point of view. And that's where I feel. I feel Juve are so, so psychologically fragile. Um, 
And I wish it was just a psychological. I, I, I wish it was just a psychological issue, because then that would be easy to solve. I, I just don't think it is a psychological issue. Because well, I, no, I, I, because if I, it's a psychological I look at the team, issue, you have the to way that the, the way team. that the team play. I don't see any patterns of play. I have to be honest. Even those other games, I don't see any. I saw good moments of play, good intensity. They've had good intensity this season. They've played with a higher line. They've been more aggressive. They've been more angry, and they've wanted it more than the opponents. Mm. And from that, they've smothered teams, and they've not like Lazio couldn't get out. You know, no. but then you also have to ask the question: How much of that was down to Lazio being bad? Because they've been awful as well this season. Mm. You know, but Juventus in this game, no shots on goal to the 78th minute. And oh, it was I, I mean, I mean, that's just abysmal. That, that goes with their defense. I mean, so they were abysmal in attack, abysmal in defense. They had nothing in midfield. I mean, I, I asked the question here: What is the point of Allegri? I feel like we're going to Graham Sooners here, but what is the point? <laughs> truly what, are. It's like you walk around the house going, you have to ask yourself, where is that leaking? I use those words, don't I? But what is, what is, I mean, what is the point? <laughs> I have to ask this. This is important. <laughs> what is the point of Allegri? His teams can't attack. We've longer since established that that is a big weakness of him, right? And we saw that again in this game. No shots till the 70, no shots on goal to the 78th minute, right? His teams now can't even defend well like they used to be, as my stats showed and as, as this game showed. He can't develop or improve players. Nearly all the main players and offensive players he's had in this second spell have either regressed or they've stagnated under Allegri. He can't create an actual team as a collective that has the cohesion or the patterns of play and, you know, collectively is better than, than the sum of its parts. Now, even if you, you accept that some of these players aren't good enough, well, Allegri's not getting to play better than they are. So, like, what is the point of Allegri? I, I just don't see what he brings. I mean, I know there's a financial angle. I know he's on a ridiculous wage and everything. But are Juventus fans, do Juventus fans just have to sit and wait this out and, and write off another season, a third written off season, no, until, I don't think that... until he hopefully goes? I mean, if it was me, and if I can just say a solution, if it was me, I would just get rid of him, get rid of him, pay him off, bring in someone on. I mean, most coaches in, in Serie A are paid like two million a year or less, most of them. It costs you an extra one to two million a year to get someone. Maybe they're not even a big name, but just get somebody else. Just get somebody that can that can bring one benefit. If it's if the, if that manager can't defend, he can only attack. If that manager can't attack or defend, but he can develop young players and improve some of these young players, just bring someone in that can bring some benefit. Because I see no benefit to Allegri at all. I mean, I'm not saying that because you know I'm some kind of I'm on some kind of crusade to prove that I was right when I said that Allegri shouldn't have come back. I'm just saying it as I see it. I don't see what anything no, that Allegri brings. I see nothing, nothing at all that he brings that that someone else couldn't do at least at the set, uh, you know, do at least bring something. So that's the issue that I have right now. I know it's nothing's going to happen, but I know I just have to say it. You know, you could probably sense I how frustrated think- I am. No, I, I get I get the frustration. Don't get me wrong. I, I completely get that. If you're, you know, from a Juventus point of view, you you should be frustrated. You should be angry because this was this was embarrassing. It was genuinely embarrassing. The atejamento, the attitude, the approach to the game was was shocking by Juve players. And 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 you know, you, you it's like is anyone in that club left from the old Juve who who can go in there and scream at them and tell them, do you understand where you are? Like th- that's what I feel you might need, but I wonder if it even gets to them because they looked so mentally fragile, weak, scared. Uh, it, it was it was a strange, strange, strange game. Um, I, I didn't understand it, and and the, here's the here's the kicker for me. I didn't even think that Sassuolo were that good. I thought it was a mediocre Sassuolo. Not only they're not good, Nima. They're not just just in general. They're not a good team. 
you know, that, no, I think it, you no, take no, away their attack. You take away their attack, you know, and, and we both, everybody no, knows. No, I mean, overall, of, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone knows what we think of Pina Monti. Yeah, but, well, I mean, of course. But I mean, Loriente and Berardi are good players. They're good players, you know, of course they're, they good, they're, they're good players, you know. They're yeah. not outstanding players, but they're good to very good players. Yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're gonna, they're, they can always be dangerous against any team. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I mean, you look at the defence is terrible. The midfield is, is pretty average. Uh, and Juventus but even I'm just talking about the game itself, Carlo. No, but yeah, but I that's what I mean. I mean, they were yeah, good in this game. If, I mean, if you even if you know if you if you have a really good game, you can say, well, you know, you got to give credit to to the to, to the opposition as well. I can't really do that because I don't think Sassuolo were that good. I thought they were. They just did what they've done this season. The the other difference here was that they played a woefully awful team. Yeah. No, for sure. This team lost four two to Frosinone last week. I mean that that should that should tell you everything that you need to know about just how bad this was from Juventus. I have to say though, just just to get a little bit deeper into this, I don't like the three five two. I don't like it. It's too rigid for me. And and we'll, I mean, we'll come on to that. But I mean, it suffers a three five two. We know a rigid three five two can suffer against a four three three and a four two three on the wings, and that's exactly what happened. Berardi and Loriente had so much space, and also when you're then playing with a more aggressive high line, you know, pushing your fullbacks, your wingbacks further forward, then they're going to exploit that that space on the in the wings if if structurally the team isn't you know working as it's not structurally it's not working didn't work at all. Um, so they were having a field day. In those wide areas, Loriente and um, and Berardi, um, but the, I mean, I have to say one thing, and this, this I said this. Remember, like after the first game against Udinese, and even the preseason, like we were like expressing our shock about oh, Juventus are playing inverted fullbacks. They've gone all modern. They've all gone almost deserby, like you know, with all these modern this modern stuff that Allegri, like, what the hell's going on? Is it Manianelli? People are saying, well, actually, it's Manianelli that's coaching the team, you know. Well, the first sign of tr- I said the, the key thing will be here will be uh, the first sign of trouble. Will Allegri just revert to type, and that's exactly what's happened. It's, it's it, you know Cambiasso has been abandoned. The first game and after the Bologna game, Cambiasso has been abandoned. The inverted fullback experiment's been abandoned. Kostic is now starting every game. We've got Kostic and McKenny. You know McKenny's not even a wing back, and he's actually been one of Juventus's better players this season. Um, but you know you've got Kostic who just runs in straight lines. Um, You've got the same team. Way doesn't start. Way, I mean, I'm not gonna, not gonna, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna give a, a, a grade on 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 Way. It's too early. But you know, Juventus are playing the same. Allegri's playing the same team that failed last season. So what do what do people expect? You can't. What do people expect that just because Juventus are out of Europe, that the, the same team that failed last season in terms of you know challenging at the top, 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 are going to suddenly be be good enough this season just because they're only playing once a week? I mean, it doesn't work like that. You don't. Just miraculously, things don't just improve like that. So this is why, you know, I was kind of a little bit excited about the, the, the inverted fullback because it was something new. It was something that, okay, they might that might bring something extra. Yet it's abandoned and we're back to the, to the same. I don't know, know if it's abandoned or not, but, but what I want to see is, I, I don't understand what happened against us all. I, the, the, again, the mental aspect of it. And for Juve this season, you, you know, we joke, you know, you can never count out Juve, and that's true. And I do think they have quality, some quality players. But Juve's goal this season has to be to finish in the top four. That's the only thing that matters. And they are on course on doing I'm that. I'm sure they'll still, do that. 
I'm yeah. sure they will. I'm no, sure no, I'm they sure will they do will. that. I mean, just same also with Napoli. Also, because I'm well looking at the other teams. Yeah, yeah also exactly. I'm looking at the other gonna, teams. Atalanta, yeah. Fiorentina, yeah, yeah. Lazio. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, no, no, yeah. they, they will do that. They will, and that's the thing that matters. But then at the end of this season, he's only he will only have one year left of, on his contract. I can't imagine a situation where Allegri doesn't leave. I, I honestly would be incredibly surprised if we reach the end of this season and Allegri continues past this season. Honestly. Well, if he, yeah, I guess Honestly. depends. If he doesn't have another offer, he might no, see his contract. No, no, I, I see. See that then it becomes a situation where where actually they can actually turn around and go. Well, Max, you've been here three years. Yeah, you've done. You've been a rock that we can rely on throughout all of this madness that has been absolutely not your. And fault. And he says, "Okay, thank you. Pay me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they will have to agree to something, but he's, they, they won't pay him a full payout. But I think they will give him something to, to leave because I, I just don't see how this continues. Because I think Juventus are now with with Juntoli there. He needs to set the the identity of the new Juve, and I just don't see how he does that. That was a big mistake. I mean, they, they, I mean, I know there's a financial angle to this, but that was a big mistake. They should have just they should have just Juntoli. We know Juntoli and Allegri are not two people that work together. They have different visions of football. They should have if Juntoli was going to come here and change things, he should have just they, he, they should have just sorted Allegri out. I don't mean sort it out like kind of kill mafia style sort it out. But yeah. Max Allegri sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> the Camorra Juntoli calls the Camorra from Napoli Naples. No, but no, but you know, but but, but away from Allegri though, um, two questions. First of all, Chesney after his two blunders, <coughs> should Perrin be the number one now? Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Because, again, I I am of the opinion that howlers like that, not one, not two, but however many, that they should have repercussions. I think you need to basically, not just not in a punitive manner, but also remove him, allow him to rebuild himself, to understand that this is not acceptable, and also to, to kind of rebuild himself up slowly again. I think Perrin should start. I think Gatti and Chesney Shez- should just not go anywhere near the Juventus team for at least four four weeks, if possible, mm. and work themselves. Slowly he has back confirmed in. him as the starter, by the way. So yeah, uh, Chesney, mm. that is. So I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Or if it does, it will only be you know to give him a breather, not because he's been dropped. But we will see. I, I actually think that Perrin might be better. Looking at the stats last season, he was actually statistically. In many areas, the actually the best goalkeeper in Serie A last season. He is obviously, a very good goalkeeper. Obviously, with good a small, to be second. Yeah, obviously with a small sample size, so he didn't play enough. I think Pelling is too good to play back up to anyone. Like I agree. He, he should I, I think starting. he could. I think he's a top ten Serie A goalkeeper. Yeah, without a I doubt, I, I really rate him. I, I don't understand mm. what's going on here. Yeah. The so, other, the other point is Vlaovic. Um, we said after last week when we praised him for those two brilliant goals, world class goals, world class finishes, half chances against Lazio. That you know, it's been a weird season for Vlaovic. He'd played four games, two of them he'd played really good in, and then two of them he'd been terrible in. And we said, well, we need to see consistency. So what does he do in this game? He plays absolutely awful. terrible. He was terrible, terrible again. again. Yeah, he was terrible. And <sighs> there was two moments in the first half that really kind of summed up what where Vlaovic is. Chiesa, who I thought was really, really good in this game, the only Juventus mm. player, um, he scored and he created a lot. He did, Chiesa put two balls on a plate for him. It did one where he cut it onto his left foot and curled it towards the far post. Brilliant cross from, from Chiesa. 
Vlaovic just misread the flight of the ball. How can an 80 million, 80 million euro striker misread the flight of a ball? I mean, it's, it's insane. Mm. And, he, and it would have been a simple header into a base virtually an open net if he, yeah. had, if he had no, just no, read the flight. So that I is what I actually think. People say he's good in the air. I actually don't. I actually disagree. I don't think I don't he is very good in the air. More no, because I'm not sure about the way he times his runs and, and he gets himself into positions for crosses because he, I think there's a stat that goes out there that Kostic, I think, has only assisted one goal for him or, or maybe two or something like that So from crosses. So, yeah, that needs to improve. And also there was a miscontrol where Chiesa put another great cross yeah. on the ground and he did a he did a, a touch like Lukaku circa 2016. I mean, it just it, it, it just it was unbelievable. So no, it's strange what, with him. He is an enigma, uh, and like he's 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 he. One game like against Lazio, I thought he was he was world class against Lazio, but then he turned it turns into this, and he mm. turned up again and was just. But even during those world class performances, but even during those world class this time, I mean, it was yeah. just. But Nima, even during those world class performances, we both still said that his all yeah. round game is yeah. still not good enough. No, no, even still, during those games, he was yeah. making up for the for that with his just those world class mm. finishes. So, and also the the consistency, like that, that's the, that's what separates the best, you know, the the absolute top players from from the others is that mm. they do it on a weekly basis. Um, yeah. And Vlaovic has problems with that. I don't know. I I I was very very stunned. For me, that the the Sassuolo game was for Juve. The Juve Sassuolo game was just whoa. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just we have to give a shout out though to to, to Sassuolo's uh, attack. Um, as easy mm. as Juventus made it for them, but they Berardi, really did make it easy Ber- for them. Berardi, Berardi, <laughs> we have to give credit. He was brilliant. He's got a great goal, great curling goal. Yeah. But there was one genius pass. Did you see it? That genius yeah. assist for Loriente, kind of like with the outside of his boot. Yeah. Um, magical Stunning. for Loriente. Loriente had to mess it up. Uh, otherwise, it would have been one of the beautiful moments of the Serie A season. Mm, uh, he was he was great. And he doesn't often play against Juve, Berardi. Well, been, <laughs> that's been like one of the kind of unconfirmed yeah. conspiracies that Berardi never plays against Juve. Because Juventus. he was owned by Juve. I mean, <laughs> he finally played against them and probably, you know, Juventus tried to sign him in the summer. So he probably made them pay mm. for that. Um, so, so yeah, he, he was good. Loriente caused a lot of trouble. Bad finish. And even Pinamonte's Pina had a good start to the season, you know. He's I got four rate goals. Him. He's got four He's goals. He's four goals. <laughs> yeah. It's mental. Yeah, I, I, I know. He showed but, his but thing, skills with that header. That was actually a really, that was actually a a brilliant poacher. finish. That was a brilliant yeah, no, finish. No, no, no. That, that's what he is. He is a poacher. Other, but the thing is, football. You know, it's it's the strikers don't. You know, you if you're just that poacher, you don't. You know, you, you don't play for the biggest sides and and football. No, the way absolutely. It looks. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And Henrique and Boloca outplayed the Juventus midfield. So. So yeah, disaster all round for Juventus. Disaster all round for Napoli as well. Yeah. From one under fire coach to another. So Napoli in the Sunday one shitstorm to another. Basically. Yeah, the Sunday evening game they drew nil nil at Bologna. <laughs> but I have to say, first of all, before we really get deep into to Garcia, I thought Napoli were unlucky in this game. I, I thought yeah. Napoli actually, if I'm being totally fair, this was an improved Napoli um, mm. in this game, and. I mean, look at the XG. Napoli had an XG of 2.13 to 0.21 in the first half. Bologna had zero shots and had a zero XG. So, you know, Napoli, if if we're being totally fair, if we're being totally fair, Napoli controlled this game. They created more than enough chances to win. They obviously missed a penalty. Um, You know, this was a better Napoli. But, but they didn't win. And they're now seven points behind... um, 
behind Inter already, which is insane after five games. Mm. But the biggest talking point is this, really. Has Garcia lost a changing room? That's the thing that, yeah, I mean, if we get to the Garcia point, but if we talk about this game in, in and of itself, I think Nathan was very good. I liked Nathan Östegård. That's what I wanted to see. I got to see it. I'm happy. Um, I loved seeing the front three of Hricha, Raspadori, and Osiman. I thought Hricha was better than in a very long time. Um, Raspadori is always dangerous. Uh, he likes to play with players of that quality, brings the best out of him. Um, the midfield, I thought, was, was good. Um, but the thing is this. You know, they are unlucky. They are absolutely unlucky. Um, but the problem is that, again, like we said, we've said for a couple of seasons, two points. First first one, about we've said for a couple of seasons, Napoli's issue with with penalties. Like, this is, this is a genuine problem now. I saw um, on Twitter uh, a very good, an account that I really, really, like um, um, uh, who who tweets always tweets out interesting things. His name is Marco Vidoretti. He's a freelance fo- <clears throat> football researcher, statistician. Um, his, I, I love his handle. It's Robi Badge and then ten. Um, he tweeted out and says, "Of the penalties not converted in the Serie A this season, fifty percent have come from Napoli. So fifty percent of the missed penalties in the Serie A after match day five on have been missed by Napoli. Okay, now it's not a big sample size, but this is something we've discussed for a long time now. Napoli's issues with the they don't have a penalty taker that is reliable and scores. And that cost them today because sweet mother of God, Osimhen I thought was brilliant in this game was very good as always, but that was one of the most horrific penalty misses I have seen in my life. Mm. I, he, what he missed the entire goal by such a by such a wide margin, it, it was genuinely poor. Um, and then, of course, the second point. Well, yeah, just to stay uh, on the penalties. I mean, last season it cost them. We said it would cost them probably yeah. the Champions League. It well, did. it did. It did. Uh, and they missed. I mean, I don't know how many different penalty takers they had last season, yeah. and they were all as bad as each other. They like I mean, yeah. they all missed. I think there was about six or seven Napoli players missed penalties last yeah. season. Uh, they were all terrible at them. Uh, and Ossiman, if there's one weakness in Ossiman's game, is he can't take penalties. I and mean, have a look at his record. He cannot take penalties, Ossiman. Um, so, and the I second mean, point it's, I it's wanted a, to make it's a huge it. problem. Um, yeah, I, is, actually joke, a huge I actually tweeted problem. that Napoli are like the, the England of club football when it comes to penalties <laughs> because it's so bad at penalties. <laughs> <laughs> you just weave that in the, everywhere, don't you? Um, but yeah, no. And the second point I wanted to make um, is. Like we said on Thursday, the there's something wrong at Napoli. This there is no. Uh, this is a side that has just won their first scudetto in 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 such a long time since Maradona. They are not at all comfortable. They don't act like reigning champions. They act like they're a club in complete turmoil. Um, not like reigning champions. I mean, it'd, yeah. it'd be one thing if you behaved like a club that 
was a little bit, you know, overestimating yourself and who you are, or, or the squad was overestimating themselves because we're the champions. No, Napoli are acting like, like a like 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 a club, like like a squad and a club that is in complete dissolution. Everyone's angry with everyone else. There's no harmony. Everyone looks stressed. The the vibe, everything around Napoli is just so bad and negative. Mm. Um, well, I think and, I think we know what the common denominator is. It's been clear in the last two games yeah. because because Claratskalia, and this is why I asked the question: Has has Rudy Garcia lost and changed? Yes. Because last last week when Claratskalia came off, he he did the the Italian uh, typical Italian hand gesture of like what the you know why are you taking WTF, me off yeah. yeah with it with his hand, um, which is not good. You don't you know that's not a good thing to see to do against your manager when it's been public. Well. We saw it again today when Ossiman was taken off with f- with five minutes to go, and he and he angrily started shouting at Os- uh, at, at uh, Rudy Garcia. And Rudy Garcia, you know, sniped back at him as well. I mean, if your two best players, your two superstars, uh, are both publicly, um, you know, going at your manager like that, then what does that tell you about the, the atmosphere in the camp, the respect or the lack of respect for the for the manager, the lack of trust in the manager? I mean, I think it speaks volumes, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, and I was very critical of this from, from the minute it was that he came. Um, and and I I would, you know what? I'm not a big fan of sacking coaches, you know that. But to be honest, I would sack him tonight because when you see how much the players dislike him or what if even if they don't dislike him there is no feeling there they've had months and months and months to work together they've not really done that much on the transfer window in terms of bringing players in they're all you know it's the same team he's had time to work with them and they don't they just cannot seem to get along and you see Osiman losing his his crap the way he did whether you like it or not, and you, you can argue that Victor, you should probably be angry at yourself for blowing away a penalty, which would have meant that you won that game. But regardless, the, there's something off there, and to me, you're not going to be able. What do you do? Do you get rid Garcia of Osiman? Doesn't help himself. Well, with this, with put, do you get rid of Osiman and Clara, or do you get rid of Rudy Garcia? And to well, me, of course, of course, it's, but, it's I a no brainer. I mean, it's absolutely it's madness. If you're nil nil, you're chasing a, a must win, you know, a must win victory. With five minutes to go, you don't take off Ossiman, your best player. I mean, that's utter madness. It's insanity taking him off. I thought it was insanity taking Cavara off because he was actually playing really well tonight. He, won the, he just won the penalty. He was really good tonight, Cavara. The, the goal, if he keeps playing like that, the goal will come for him. I know he's going through a nightmare time, hasn't scored since March, but you know he, he's slowly getting there. He's not this. He's not this disaster finish. You know, one season wonder that some people are trying to say. It. You know he's he's getting close there. He's just is is just not going for him. He, but he he was good tonight. He should have stayed on to the end. But at least with Gvara, you can say well maybe he's not fully fit. Maybe they need to you know be careful with him. He doesn't get a recurrence of his injury. But taking Osiman off, that's madness. How can you take off your best player? So no wonder you get that reaction from 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 Ossiman. because if a coach is making that kind of decision, you have to question you have to question that the 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 competency of the of the manager. For making an absolute mad decision like that, um, and also you have to look. I mean, Ossiman. Ossiman's gone four games without a goal now. I mean, that's unheard of. 
I mean, that's 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 how is that even possible for Ossiman to go four no. games without, no. a, without yeah, a goal? But he's been so unlucky as well. I mean, how ma- how many times has he hit the woodwork in these games as well? Like that's the thing. I I, I can't. He's definitely leading the the woodwork uh, league in Europe. For I mean, he's he's hit it so many times. So it's you know he's, he is not you know he is he's had a bit of bad luck. Uh, with it as mm. well. I mean, it's because something we're talking about inches. It's a new Tammy Abraham. Do you remember that? Not last yeah. season, the season before when yeah. Tammy Abraham hit the, it's non-stop hit the, hit the woodwork. Yeah, <laughs> Roma. No, it's it's um, it's an issue. I it's, mean, it's I, I'm agree issue. with I agree with you, Nima. I, I would sack him now only because I mean everybody saw this coming. Uh, That's the thing. It was about so. You just got to you know. Sometimes you just you just, you've got to make a decision now while 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 it's well, the because the season is salvageable. The season is still now. salvageable. I mean, seven yeah. points is a lot at this stage of the season, but it's not insurmountable that you know with a good manager they could turn it around. You know, and have a good season. They're still in the Champions League. They've still got top four to you know to five. I mean, top four is not even a with Rudy Garcia. Top four is not. I mean, it should still they should still be okay for top, but it's not an absolute. Gimme, no. is it top four? Because because that's this is how bad Rudy Garcia is. You know, is no, it's, it's really really bad. It's and, and it's literally if you look at the players, this isn't like the, you know you could say well after Mourinho won the treble with Inter, it was an old side. This isn't an old team. No, the key players are young. It's not like they've peaked. So no. you know, it's that's it's, why I said last week. Like I I can't remember ever a team in their peak being. The, the manager going, a new coach coming in, and and that new coach destroying a, 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 such a good team like like Garcia has already done. Because those other examples that I used, like like you know um, Mourinho to 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 Rafa Benitez uh, mm. uh, and uh, that Alex Ferguson to David Moyes at Man United, and and uh, Don Revie to Brian Clough at Leeds. You know these were teams that were aging teams. You know, they had yeah. players that kind of like in their, you know, 30 or a lot of players like 30, hitting 30 or reaching 30 or above, you know. So it, it's kind of understandable, whereas this Napoli team's not <laughs> at all. There's a team still in their peak. Um, so no, it is. No, it's it's strange. It's really, really strange. Um, and and I wonder how how long you go about this. What do you do? Um, and, I and wonder personally- though... I wonder if De Laurentiis, David, he will go the other way around. He'll want to try and prove everyone wrong because he doesn't like being... No, because it would be a huge loss yeah. for him. He This was his choice. He didn't have a sporting director when he made that decision, so you can't blame it on anyone. This was yeah. on him, completely on him. You know, like when you get in business or even in corporate, certainly get this in, the, in corporate mm. uh, 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 places, that, you know, mm. when somebody, when a boss, like a CEO... Or or, uh, or or managing uh, or manager hires somebody, and that person that they've hired turns out to be a total disaster. But instead of doing the right thing and getting rid of them, they try and protect their their own position, or, or obviously in De Laurentiis past their own reputation or or pride, and they don't get rid of them. They stay with them because they're just thinking of themselves, protecting themselves rather than what's actually good for the for the company or the club in this case. And I just wonder if De Laurentiis, knowing what he's like and what a narcissist he is that he might think, you know what, I'm going to stick with him because I want to prove everyone and that's just going to end up causing more damage to Napoli. That's what I, that's what I wonder because mm. this is what he's like. I know he can be trigger happy, but at the same time, he's... he's yeah, uh, but I mean, at the same time, he has he revalues his wallet more than anything and then this is this could, this could turn south very, very quickly, especially mm. when there's not exactly much love and affection between the fans and Rudy Garcia already, so... 
And then no, I, no, I, I haven't I, met I wonder, that big fan that doesn't, that doesn't no, hate him. Me neither. No. I've met one or two who wants to give him time, but I've not seen anyone who's like, oh, Rudy, mm. you're my guy. Like, no, I haven't. No. No, a Napoli, a Neapolitan coming to the into the bakery actually the other day, and he was he was having a right go. At, <laughs> uh, 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 no, honestly, he was he was really laying into to uh, this elderly man. He was laying into uh, to, 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 to Rudy Garcia. Love it. <laughs> you know, so, Absolutely love honestly, it. Honestly, I, I haven't met a single person. That cake that, shop is like my. I love it. I've never been, but I just I want I want I want it to be like I want a reality show where just they. Just film everything. It's coming. That Don't worry. New 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 videos coming this week. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm sure they are. No, I just, I just want to see everything that happens in, in 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 that cake shop that you guys run. It's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's about as dysfunctional as, as Napoli. I can tell you. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that. Right. Let's let's move on to uh, let's let's give a let's give a, a praise to, to Bologna. I actually didn't think they were very good in this game. In fact, no. I, I'll be honest with you. I was actually disappointed with Bologna. I thought they were ridiculously negative. So unlike the Tiago Motta to be this negative. They had a zero xg in the first half. Well, they zero. Had nothing in the first uh, half. But at the end of the day, you know, they've drawn with Juventus and Napoli this season, Look, and they played well against Milan. They've had a tough start. They've had a tough start. Bologna stats for the first half. Literally not a single shot, not just on target, off, not a single shot. One corner, one yellow card. Sure, they had injuries. Um, they were unlucky with, with they, they, may have, they were forced to make uh, two substitutions. Uh, mm. Ten minutes in, Stefan Posh had to come in, and then midway through the second half, Calafiori came in. So they were unlucky, and they were under pressure, and Napoli were good. But um, I do agree with you that this was not exactly the best... Um, this was not one of the better Thiago Motta performances. No, this, this wasn't Motta football at all. But you know they got they got the draw and they've had a very very tough start to the season, ridiculously tough schedule. So mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll see how they play now against. The, I was disappointed with them against Verona as well, actually. So I, I mm-hmm. want to see more from them. So I expect more from them. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Move on to Inter, um, who win again, hundred percent record for, for Inter, five wins in a row. Which has only been done how many times in history, Mima? Not, not three times ago. before. Yeah. Um, with uh, Roberto Mancini, Helenio Herrera, and someone else who's who's eludes me right now. It was in the. It was Mancini. It was yeah. I can't remember right now, but it's 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 the third time in history. It's the fourth time in in Inter's history that this has happened, but. Uh, every other time it has happened, Inter have not won the Serie A. Juventus have won it. Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen <laughs> so, this time. It's not no, going to happen this time. Sorry, Conte. So this was, I've got it now. I've got the stat now. So Opta, uh, Opta tweeted out that uh, 19, 20, 15, 16, 66, 67, Inter won their first five opening matches in the Serie A. And every every time those those seasons, Juventus ended up winning it. And of course, 15, 16, Allegri was at Juve. So, you know, yeah. it's, well, it's, uh... it's, it's, uh, it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, think, I think it's I think it's safe that, safe to say that it's not going to happen because more more so than anything, I mean Inter just just look they just look unstoppable. They they really do. They look just look they look like a machine. Well, the and, thing is this was not a good game by Inter. Let's be honest. Inter were not good in this game. They looked sluggish, they looked tired. They looked a bit out, they they looked a bit like 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 you do in the beginning of the season, if you know what I mean, when you've just come out of a tough preseason, when when you, when things aren't flowing, when things aren't, you know, 
looking good, you look tired, you, the passing isn't there, there's no fluidity, the, the passing tempo wasn't there. Um, you know, Simone kept yelling for the first 60 minutes, mm. you know, quicker passing, quicker passing, veloce. I mean, but, but a bad Inter, a bad, this is, a bad Inter still has 23 shots to seven. Six shots. Yes, but Empoli are an awful side. A 1.65 <laughs> XG to 0.28. Yes, they are. They are a terrible <laughs> side. But what I'm saying is, this is this is where we are with Inter. That mm. even a, even a bad bad Inter still has this. You know, still has this kind of domination. Um, on but a this game. is it's a good place to be. It is, is a I'm very saying. good place to be. But then the, 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 I want to I want to like segue over to the positive things. And I think what uh, I think no one embodies this better than Federico Di Marco because he had an atrocious first half. He was he he embodied everything that was wrong with Inter in the first half. He he looked heavy, he looked tired, he looked unfit. He could not not unfit, he looked um like he was just he wasn't he wasn't fully match fit. That you, you know, like I said, when teams have had a heavy preseason and they look that like almost you know they, they're a little bit run down and sore and that's how they look that's how he looked he embodied it he he misplaced crosses passes you know his timing was off his running was off but then to, the, the longer the game went on you know, the first half went on towards the end Empoli got tired and couldn't were, were unable to do the put in the hard work that you have to do without possession and Inter felt like their confidence grew and they worked themselves into the game but what was really impo- impressive was that this continued in the second half immediately. Like basically picked off where they left off, and then Di Marco scores one of the most beautiful goals you'll probably see this season in the Serie A. Um, Unbelievable! And it's and then he 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 builds off of that and is is probably together with well I'd say together with maybe Acerbi, Inter's best player today, and Pavard, who I thought was excellent as well defensively. Mm. Actually, but let's talk about this Demarco goal, though. I mean, it's an insane oh. volley, left foot volley, where he kind of almost half slices across. Slices the ball, it, yeah, off across the ball, and then you know, bang, straight into the top corner. I mean, it was just gorgeous, gorgeous goal. And and I, and I've been thinking about this. I've debated this with a few people. I know there's different ways of 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 uh, of. of Rating a left foot, let's say, you know, you've got power, you've got accuracy, you've got set piece ability, you've got shooting, you've got crossing, you've got passing, you've got dribbling, you know, there's lots of things that you can do with your foot in football. Um, but I think with a left foot is kind of, we always look at kind of, I guess, how sweet the left foot is, how good you are at long range shooting, crossing, putting the ball where you want to put it with that left foot. Because there is something unique about a left foot that, is not there with a right foot, isn't there? Uh, mm. You get these kind of special players that with their left foot. And honestly, right now, does DiMarco have the best left? I, I wonder whether DiMarco does actually have the best left foot in Europe when it comes to many of these things. Certainly, when it comes to when it comes to long range shooting, when it comes to taking corners, when it comes to you know putting the ball where you want to put it from. 30 yards out in terms of creating something or taking a long shot. I don't think there's anyone better than Di Marco in, in I Europe. I mean, he's already right scored one goal and had three assists. In, and we're on match day five. Um, so, yeah, he's... Um, <laughs> no, look, his, his left foot in terms of crosses, corners, pieces, shooting, it, it is it is world-class. There's, there's, no, there's no denying that. But then... He doesn't. He can't beat his man. Let's be honest. He can't dribble. 
he's he he's not he has acceleration but he 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 doesn't he 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 look he's not very quick let me put it that way he he can he's no. not he doesn't outrun anyone which is why and i mean he, purely how you how he how he hits the ball with his yeah no no no, no. The, the, when it yeah. comes to a cross or when it comes yeah. to a set piece a corner or when it comes so to good. putting that ball like he, he hardly ever gives the ball away like if he no. has to, when he gets the ball he always uses it in the right way which few people few people do but i mean like if you take david beckham for example yeah he's probably a little bit comparable actually to As, i was going to say that that's a ways. really good comparison he's almost he, like a left-footed beckham because yeah. beckham beckham couldn't dribble he couldn't, couldn't beat run. his man he wasn't particularly quick. No. Uh, you know, he didn't score that many goals, but he was, you know, he, he could but he put was the well, ball. He had a f- magical right yeah, foot. Yeah, he could put the ball exactly where he wanted. Yeah. His crossing and was, was, was undefended. He couldn't defend yeah. his crosses no, when he was at his no, best. He when he was at his that. peak, his free kicks were fantastic as well. Mm. You know, Absolutely. So Absolutely. No, that's, that's a really good uh, comparison. Um, but, but, yeah, no, so... What was so so aside from that, you know, if if we take that, you know, the positives was that you know Inter were in control. It got a little bit unnecessarily exciting towards the end. The perfect start to the season is important. They got Sassuolo at home, and then they got Salernitana away. These are all winnable games or games that Inter should be banking, meaning winning, uh, to to go into you know the Champions League uh, game at home against Benfica with seven wins. Um, and then you've got Bologna, and then you've got the international break. So, so Inter are in a very good position to put themselves in eight eight wins in a row to start the season, and that I think they have to because it's going to be you know, especially now until Christmas, it's going to be such a long, it's going to be intense for them because you've got the international break with the Euro qualifiers that are going to be decided as well. So, it's going to be lots of games, and so Simone is going to have to rotate. Um, but that's the thing. Winning when you're not playing well is is a sign of of strength. That, that's that's the teams that win leagues do that, and Inter so far have now done that with you know in, in, against Empoli for sure. They were not good. They won and they dominated despite not being very good. Yeah. Um, but we have to talk about Arnautovic because that was. How I mean, bad is the injury then? It's a hamstring injury, right? Well, the saying is, yeah. The, I mean, they're saying it's his left thigh uh, or right thigh. Um, or I saw on Gazeta uh, saying that he could be out for three months. Mm. Depends on the grade, doesn't it? That's mm-hmm. what it all comes down to. Yeah, and if it's and a grade that, one, a grade two, or grade three. Yeah. If it's, if and they're going to do a, a proper weeks, test. Be, yeah, they're going to do a proper test tomorrow. But the way that he yelled, the way that he screamed with pain. I mean, that was that was not just someone pulling something, feeling some discomfort, or this. This was he. You saw. I don't know if you saw, but he was lying on the floor, screaming with pain. Um. So you know, Inzaghi was also you know after the game said, look, you know, we're, we're, we might play a three-five-one-one, and they've got the midfielders for it. Um. So I think that has know. to be an option up because you can't. I don't think you can go play for a really busy period with only one alternative in attack being Alexis Sanchez. I think you're going to have to go three five one and play some games with a three five one, even if it's yeah. periods of games with a three five one. You know, Sensi behind the striker or Klasen. or Mkhitaryan playing behind the striker because you're like not that, moving because yeah. you're not moving Chalanoglu because that, that's something I wanted to say. He is now. He it's so weird. 
He's, or he's now become what Brozovic used to be at Inter. Inter don't work when he's not on the pitch. When Chalanoglu's on the pitch, Inter click. He, he, it's, yeah. it's just that simple. Well, I said that, when, didn't I? Did I, no, yeah, I said that did. a few weeks ago. You, I said that. Is he, I asked the question, is he the most yeah, you asked the question. irreplaceable, you, 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 I think most irreplaceable player? Without a doubt. There is no backup to him. Um, Aslani's clearly not ready. I don't know if he could one day be or, or not be, but he's not ready to be that guy. Um and and Chalanoglu, I mean, I haven't seen. We've yet to see Mkhitaryan really play in that role. So adding Inter, so I don't want to say too much. But no, Chalanoglu was is the reason that Inter. It, it, everything looks good when he's there. Everything looks balanced when when he's on the pitch. Um, and and that's 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 dangerous because that's a weakness as well. Because if you mark him out or if you you know, if he's injured or like he was in the Champions League or if he's suspended, well, what happens then? Mm. Um, maybe 3-5-1-1 could counter that somehow. Uh, and maybe yeah. that could actually be what the way that you unlock Aslani to get him, to get his confidence up as well, that you create, you bring another body in midfield. But yeah, no, it's... Um, but I think i got to hand it to, if we can talk about Empoli a little bit, I've, I'm happy to see him back there, Aurelio. Uh, For a fourth time. I, <laughs> yes, but he he is Empoli, you know. It's like the Guidolin, <laughs> yeah, Guidolin of Empoli, like Guidolin to Palermo. Like, yeah, you know. but but it's I I like Andrea Zoli, and I thought he was so unfairly. I said it on this pod when he was sacked after they and they brought in Zanetti. I thought it was unfair because I think he'd done a brilliant job, and I'm just so happy to see him back uh, there. And 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 I got to hand it to him, he's got them in just a few days. He's got them tighter. He's got yeah. They were more organized. Yeah, much sure. more organized than they've ever been than they were under Zanetti, and I, I still think they're going to finish dead last because I just don't think the quality is there, mm-hmm. um, and I think they've sold too much and not invested enough. Mm-hmm. But I think Zero they, they were. And we yeah. asked the question on our, on our Patreon episode um, a few weeks ago, didn't we? Who's going to get more points this season? Well, Luton Town have taken a one 0 lead. They got their first first point of the season, Luton, on uh, on Saturday against against Wolves. They should have won. They were playing against ten men for like half a game, so they're not going to get a better chance. So, Luton Town are ahead of Empoli by the one point. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. Yeah, they do. You're right. So yeah, so it's one. So it's yeah. So that's that's going to be an interesting little Anglo-Italian <laughs> cup we got going. Who who will get more points, Empoli or Luton? I can't remember yeah. if I said if I thought Empoli would get more points. I think uh, I said Empoli will get more points. But not by much. I think I, think so, I questioned yeah. if both of them get even get into double digits in terms of points. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. it's going to be a tough one for both of them. Right, let's let's talk about Investcorp on Thursday because we've gone way over. Um, yeah. Let's move on to Milan quickly. So Milan get back to winning ways after their hammering by Inter and then the the, the nil nil with Newcastle in a game in which they totally dominated. Um, they win one nil uh, against Verona. Now this wasn't a good game um, at all. Um, no, I would even say Milan deserved to win this game. In this, actually, the stats show it. It was probably a draw. It was a game that deserved to be a draw. But Liao provided that that one moment of quality. A great finish. Um, he moved the ball slightly to his left before slotting past the goalkeeper. Which is, if you're one on one with the goalkeeper in a straight, straight line with the goalkeeper, that's how you create the angle to 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 slot it past him. You have to move the ball slightly to right or left to, to create that angle to put it past him. Um, so that is a, that is the way to finish Rafael after after some terrible misses against against Newcastle. It was nice to see him hug Pioli um, mm-hmm. as well. 
Um, but apart from that, um, I thought it was a tired performance, um, a bit like Inter, but, but worse than Inter. You kind of saw the first sign of the dip in intensity that you get when you play in Europe in midweek and really created mm. very little. Giroud looked really tired. Um, where have we seen that before? Uh, <laughs> Jovic came on and didn't really do much. Um, I would say, though, one thing for Verona's point of view, Verona are better this season than expected. Yeah, I, I, they really I, I, are. I think uh, we both, both of us thought they'd probably possibly go down. But I've, mm. I'm reassessing that now, and I'm actually thinking... Me too. They look, all, Barani's doing a good job. He's, he's got them. They look organised. They look drilled. They all know what they're doing. They, they, they're collectively good. And they do actually have a bit of quality. And not, Ngonj, I think, is a good player. Uh, and Fodor Rinchu's been a really good signing from Napoli. On, I think he's on yeah, line, he isn't he? He's been yeah. really good. So, but I him and Isakian, who we've both praised, oh, Isakian should be playing at a high both, level. Sure. No, no, but both, yeah, but both of them, the the defensive error that they did for for that goal was just come on, guys. It was a week of defensive howlers, a weekend of defensive howlers, like unforced, unattacked. Both Folarunsha and Isak were just they gifted yeah. a goal. To, to Milan, but but I agree with you about about Verona. They are better organizers. Baroni is a good coach, so I'm happy for him. Mm. I'm happy to see Daversa and, and, and Baroni doing have a good start to the season. Good, good quality coaches, and and I love to see uh, uh, um, uh, Andrea Zoli back at Empoli, who I have so much respect for. Mm. As, as quick, a, quick, very, oh. very, very quick remark because we're already coming up to an hour here. Um, Saki's quotes on Liao <laughs> being a problem. For, for Milan, um, Liao, his quotes are, Liao, with the way, his way of being on the pitch, with his lack of tracking back, with his lack of participation in the work of the group, is what doesn't allow you to become a collective, the team of Milan, that is. If you want to make a qualitative leap in the direction of a more European football, it is fundamental that everyone is functional to the project and that everyone knows how to sacrifice themselves in the name of the team. So I think this is in reference to Liao basically doing no pressing, basically doing no tracking back, making no tackles, um, not joining in with the collective work of the group and in certainly in defensive uh, phase. Uh, what, I, I do see his point here, but at the same time, I mean... That's not, that's not something... No, but listen, I look at Inter and that's true. Everyone at Inter helps out in both phases. There's no doubt about that. But uh, that's not a Leao. That's, uh, that's purely telling him not to do that. That, that's that, that's a managerial. There's no way that Liao walks around and ignores and Pioli doesn't let him do, mm. say anything to him. There's no way that that this is a decision by Pioli to to push him up mm. and let him be up there. That's not something you should be criticizing Liao for. That's something you should be criticizing Pioli for. Has he got the I mean, ability? Has he got the, the the character personality to to do that? Maybe he hasn't. You know, otherwise you would say, why doesn't he just do it? You know. Yeah, but like if, if, if the never coach did it or Messi never does no, it, no. But know. I remember those players don't want to do it. Yeah, but they don't want to. But if your coach tells you you should, then you do it. Otherwise, you have a problem. Because I remember vividly when Mourinho was at was a was at Inter and and a couple of games that I saw under him, was Ibrahimovic was tracking back and Mourinho stopped him. Mid said, no, 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 you stay up there. You're not going back. You don't need. I mean, he came back for, for set pieces because he was good in the air. But overall, he just didn't want him to help out. Um, he wanted him to keep this. So you do have this. This is a coaching thing as well. It depends on what the what the coach is saying. I, I, I wonder what's going on here because Saki definitely would know what's going on at Milan. And if Saki, whenever Saki says something about Milan, 
you should you should pay attention not maybe for what he says but also why he's saying it and the timing of when he's saying it um, yeah yeah I, I think it's an interesting there. debate i think we can really it would expand on that in, a, in another yeah. show maybe on our patron show we'll, exp- yeah, we'll expand on that but we have to we have to move on um very quickly lazio booed off the pitch um really strange that too because twice this season you think they're going to turn a page first off they beat napoli and then they mm. get get outplayed by juventus and then again after they get that that magical last minute last kick equalizer against by uh Providel against atletico madrid and they come here against Monza, and really Monza outplayed them for, for long periods of this game. Dominated possession, they doubled the number of shots. Lazio only had one shot on target. Uh, they barely created anything, just that immobile hit in the post. I mean, Monza probably deserved to win this game. I mean, really weird, Lazio. What's a what's a thing? I don't, I don't get it either. Lazio are an enigma, um, and and I don't know what's going on. Um, it, it's very strange. It just. They just don't look. Um, they look. They don't look a team in harmony, um, and it's it's weird because, like you said, you expect them to turn the page, and then they just don't. Uh, but it's it's weird. It's weird, and the Immobile. Okay, he scored uh, from the penalty spot, uh, but I still think that you know. I, I look, Sarri's a system coach, and and he needs to have. Um, he needs to have like his defending and attacking is kind of starts at the back and, and it's 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 it starts with the number nine and it and it ends with a number one with the one with a person in goal and vice versa and and it's just not clicking and when Sadi's teams don't click they look they they look like this um and it's it's not very it's it's not encouraging. Uh, but then he's again, he's not playing Ravella either. He's not starting yeah. him. Why is he not just just, just start him? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, Cataldi, we know what we're going to get from him. Maybe I'm a bit I'm being unfair on Cataldi, but I mean, I'm not sure yeah, whether his I level like. is he's at, at a level required. You know, if you want to improve, uh, Ravella, I mean, just play him. Don't do what Napoli did with Natan and wait and wait and wait, and then you finally play him, and, he, and he's probably your best defender. Just play him. I mean, it can't be you can't be any worse than, than what they've done this season because without Novella, they've 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 been. I mean, what was what is it? One win and one draw, and uh, this season, um, Napoli, uh, you know, in five Napoli. games. Oh, sorry, Lazio. Oh. Sorry, is it was it one win and one draw in five games? Yeah, it's one win. Yeah, one win, one draw. It's the worst start in, in well ever or something. What was it since two thousand two thousand two or something or two thousand one yeah. two thousand two? Yeah. Yeah, not good. No, they're, not, they're, they're, not, they're not in a good place. They're not yeah, in a good other place. Serie A matches this weekend. So, Salernitana 1, Frosinone 1, um, Lecce 1, Genoa 0. Surprise team of Serie A. I, I mean, look, I, I, I always have a weak spot for all the teams from the south. But, look, if Inter don't win the Le- uh, Serie A, I hope Lecce does. Like, seriously, <laughs> I, I'm in love with Lecce. This, this I'll Lecce tell you what, side. They've, got, they've got a really interesting <laughs> attack, Lecce. It'll be interesting to see how they do against Juventus on on Tuesday, mm-hmm. because because they've got an interesting attack. Uh, Christoci. No, no, you were gonna you were gonna make these poor people pay. Uh, you were gonna Al- destroy Alkvist, them. Mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I like Banda. He's just, he's got no end product, but I like watching no. him. Me I like too, watching exactly. him. He's an amazing dribbler. He's an amazing dribbler. He's the kind of player that he'll dribble around the same player five times and then give it away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the kind of player. But I love watching him. Like he's always like, if you look at the stats, he's like one of the best dribblers in Serie A last season. Lamic Panda. I love watching him play. Um, and, and also the, the like Remy Udan, if you, that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. And, 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 and they, they've got these like these 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 little 
interesting little players and now he, yeah and he's still got the farmer as well he's still there yeah i mean the actual well he was uh, you know if i'm not mistaken he was he was he was sent off so he was suspended mm. this game but yeah. um, i mean of course roberto the prem faces learn about that they were, they were the field day. <laughs> <laughs> and roberto daversa of course you know who we know is a good coach um and and is is, is here so no no Lecce and, and of course at the Via del Mare you know at home they are you know they they, they, they have such an incredible support um, and it's still pretty hot there as well and no 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 Lecce nothing but love for Lecce yeah Atalanta 2 Cagliari Neo Atalanta up to 5th Cagliari looking more and more like the, yeah. the weakest team in Serie A after Empoli I think when do you reckon Ranieri, Ranieri gets sacked because I think he's up yeah, it's not easy though, is it? They don't really have much quality there, and they don't have much firepower. Well, neither did Empoli, but the man still sounded exact him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Udinese nil, Fiorentina two. Udinese had so many chances. Fiorentina, I don't know how, but they're up to fourth somehow. <laughs> I don't know how they're there. But they're, they're in fourth place. Um, Lu- Lorenzo no, Luca. Yeah. Did you see the open goal? Lorenzo Luca <laughs> missed. Oh my gosh! And just to think that not long ago we were like. Like banking on him being like Italy's next. Like we were no, like we were, dis- we were banking on it. Okay, we were saying, banking, but we were praying. Like, can you be our no, saviour? We were hoping, exactly. We were praying. It was it was a hail mary, and we were and we you know he was doing good things. But then again, that just illustrates the point about the number nine crisis in Italian football that stretches back for fifteen years, which we did a segment on a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You know, I, I can't remember a, a prolonged period of time ever in Italian football history where you've had not had any top class number nines or there's been so few of them uh, yeah, for, for sure. such a consistent long period of time mm. okay um, final game of the weekend we're recording this before Roma versus Torino but you know I'm sure we will talk about this on um, the Tuesday uh, Q&A uh, yeah. show so um, yeah maybe Nima make a note of that we'll We'll make sure we we we'll, we'll usually have one question on Roma, so we'll make sure that we'll talk about that. Then, uh, so it's a midweek round this week. Um, the midweek Serie A matches are Juventus Lecce on Tuesday, then Cagliari Milan, Empoli Salernitana, Verona Atalanta, Inter Sassuolo, Lazio Torino, Napoli Udinese, and then on Thursday, Frosinone Fiorentina, Monza Bologna, Genoa Roma. Before we get to Badger and Prem Face of the Week, we're just going to do uh, a little segment for our, just for our YouTube page because um, we get a lot of people asking us to define what is a Prem Face. Now, the word Prem Face has now gone mainstream, as we will explain uh, in, a li- in a minute on our, on our Badger and Prem Face segment. It's gone mainstream. Now the mainstream media are now starting to use this term. Um, it's a term, to give you a bit of background on this, it's a term <laughs> it's that I coined fault. probably almost 15 years ago. Uh, and I have to be honest that I didn't actually come up with the name myself. It was, we were in a, it was, it was while I was at goal um, and it was in a, it was in a work meeting um, and I was with um, a Scotsman called Ewan McDonald, right? Who used to be a football journalist. He's no longer uh, any anymore. Uh, and we were, can't remember what we were talking about, but we were talking about, I think, some kind of uh, English uh, mainstream media uh, journalist and how, you know, he, he something stupid that he said about about uh, uh, European football. And Ewan just come out and goes, oh, God, what a prem face he is. <laughs> and I just, I just thought, that is brilliant. That is just the perfect way of describing, like, that your typical kind of English Premier League fan or journalist who 
is just willful, willfully ignorant about any football outside of, of England. So proudly, I took this, proudly, yeah, pr- proud of it. So, yeah. so I started, so I started using this word. I started Twitter, Twitter, it was, this was around the time that Twitter was born and I started using it on, on Twitter just as almost just jokingly, really. No, I didn't mean anything mean by it. And then I started, then I used it in a, in, in some of my articles that I used to write, I used to regularly write features on there, uh, on, uh, on goal. And, and then it started to take off. People started copying it and using it on, on social media as a kind of <laughs> like an insult, as a way to mock a, a kind of an English Premier League fan who, who you know, doesn't know anything uh, about football, any, doesn't watch any football outside of the Premier League, doesn't know anything. Um, you know, Prem faces will you know, repeat kind of stereotypes. So if they're talking about Serie A, they'll call it, you know, a retirement home or corrupt or or they'll play or Ital- Italy play Catenaccio. And if they're talking about Germany, you know, they'll call them efficient. Efficient. So, you know, <laughs> they must never be written off. They must never be written off. You know, they'll never call them Germany. They'll always be called the Germans. Always the notice, Germans. notice that about <laughs> Prem face. Germany is never England are playing Germany. It's always England are playing the Germans, you know, like they're like they're an alien species, you know. Always notice that, and you see you see it on you see it on TV, like BBC when they when they when they uh, pr- when they're introducing a World Cup game that Germany are playing. So today on the BBC we have Ecuador are playing against the Germans, you know. So you know, uh, you know, if it's Argentina, it'll be you know they're, 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 they're divers, you know, uh, you know these kind of things. And then if England are playing in a World Cup. You know, oh, they're always they're, the favourite before the favorites, every tournament. You know, so these they're are the kind the of things. You know, we could go on. Everybody knows what Prem face is now. I think it's it started. And to then, play. of course, you know, declare your astonishment at how England could lose. I don't know, two one or draw goalless against a team where not even one player would make the England team. That that to yeah. me is is the definition of a like. That yeah, there's lots of, of there's lots of things that Prem faces. You know. Often and of course, are Premier League proven or unproven unless you played in the Premier League? Yeah, unproven unless you played in the Premier League. If you're comparing oh. a Premier League team to a team from outside the Premier yeah. League, you'll always do a uh, how many of that foreign team's players would get into the Premier League team? You know, you'll see that all the time. Um, whenever they're previewing a, a Champions League game between, you know, Anyone and anyone. Man City and, and someone else. It will always be, well, how many of that team would get into the Man City team? You know, so so these are the kind of things. Uh, so that is really the definition of a Prem face. And um, it's it's just something just, you know, don't take it too seriously. Don't be mean with it. Just just something just to kind of have a laugh about, really. Uh, mm. And it's um, it's not all fans of the Premier League are Prem faces. No, of course not. Or all fans of the England national team are Prem faces. No, 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 all, no absolutely all not. All journalists in the English media absolutely are, not. Absolutely you know, not. are, are Prem there, faces. There, there's, there's a specific bunch who are very loud hmm. in the mainstream British media who, who are, I would say, are the ones that, they're the loudest. They're the hmm. ones that, you know, that, that you hear about. It's always the same same five to ten people, I'd say. Yeah, um, like Martin, Martin Samuel is a good example <laughs> oh, of a, a preface. Um, and also, also five, like, I mean, I, my experience is like most English football fans that I've ever encountered, whether it's when I, when I, was, when I lived in the UK and went to university, were actually quite knowledgeable, to be honest. Like, uh, or when I was, you know, when I've been invited on, you know, you other podcasts about, uh, you know, 
football, English football, usually. I mean, more often than not, the person, like what, I was on an Aston Villa podcast and the guy there, it, it felt like I was talking to a friend of 20 years. He was a complete football nerd. He'd watched the Serie A all his life. He, he knew, he remembered these details, like, you know, details of, that most people that even watch the city, I don't even remember. Like so, so my my experience is 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 that this is a very specific, small but very loud group of people that that that, that go on about this, that that do this, and 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 that's that's something that we discovered this this week, didn't we? <laughs> As well, absolutely. That brings us nicely on to Badjo and Premface of the week. Well, let's start with Premface then. Um, it has been, as I said at the top, it's been a premdemic. This this week, there, there is so many <laughs> prem faces to pick for, pick from. It is the it is somebody some one of our patrons did tweet us and said it's the easiest job in the world picking prem face of the week. <laughs> but actually, sometimes it's not the easiest job in the world because there's so many to to, to to pick from. It's like you know, it's like going through you know letter after letter after letter. Like which one do I pick from? You know, it's like it's it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, this week. I mean, Tarek Panja stands out because that went absolutely viral. Um, yeah, but that was before, when did he say that? Was that after the before Milan versus Newcastle? Mm. He he said a lot of a talk about Newcastle facing a tough ask in the Champions League opener away in Milan. I would argue that Brentford at the weekend is tougher. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Okay. And obviously that that really, I mean, that did tr- to be fair, it triggered the, the whole not only Milan. Uh, fan base, bit I wasn't bit. triggered because I'm used to that that particular person saying outrageously stupid things mm. about things he obviously doesn't understand. Um, the the thing that was hilarious, and we spoke about this on on the Thursday pod, is that what people were reacting to was not the fact that he said that the Premier League outspends every other team and therefore has financial muscles and draws draws um draws better talent and so on which is which is what he also said um but what the point was and which everyone reacted to was that Brentford is a tougher opponent than Milan in the Champions League that's a ridiculous thing to say and we're not talking about the stature of the clubs I'm talking qualitatively on the pitch you know, we might be there one day where he, where, 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 where what he says is true, but we're not there now, um, and and that's what that's what people are reacting to. But instead of him engaging in that and saying, okay, maybe I misspoke or I, I didn't mean it like that, blah, blah blah, he doubles down like an insolent child, like a petulant child, and starts pretending like, oh, people don't like the truth. <laughs> what that that now again, you if if you find, um. If you speak to any Serie A fan, I would say that Serie A fans are probably the most critical of the Serie A than anyone else on earth. There is, mm. You're not going to find very many. I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but you're not going to find very many Serie A fans who think the Serie A is well run and well organized. No. I don't think you'll find any because Serie A fans are very, very aware of what the problem with the league is and they want it to change. So... And, and also, Serie A fans are generally, and journalists are aware of what the issues in the Italian football is. In fact, most of them make fun of it. And they know that the Premier League is better in that moment. Everyone, no one's denying that. The issue is the arrogance 
of 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 equating and saying that Brentford away or at home is for Newcastle is a tougher team than Milan, when that's just simply no, not so, true. No, saying Brentford are a better are a better team than than, than it's, Milan. It's just, is just simply just not true. Insane. It's just simply not true. And and people taking issue with that are not again. I call it uh, what's his name um, at Arsenal. Who I, ben White is. syndrome. Yes, I Ben White that. syndrome. Being inserted into a situation that you have done nothing to be inserted into. That Brentford are, are a lovely team. They're so well run. They, you know, hats off to them. But that's it's not the point. You, they, I don't even think they would compare themselves to Milan. You know, yes, yeah. they can spend probably more, net spend more on the transfer window because of the Premier League pool, TV pool, and blah blah blah. All of that is true. But I don't think they they themselves would say that we're a better side than Milan are today, and yeah, and that's the thing, insane. and that's what that's what that's what's so funny about it, and that's why you know when people are this arrogant and so easily offended as well, and start playing the victims, and as if they're like a persecuted minority and they're just the truth sayers, then it becomes funny to make fun of them because they're being ridiculous, and when no, people are being ridiculous, and that's what I did. I just had a laugh of it. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, I did. I don't know if everybody listening hasn't seen it yet. Go onto my Twitter or go onto the Italian Football <laughs> Podcast uh, Instagram account, and I, I made a little a little two minute video where I I did a parody. Um, I played the the part of the prem face of, of the prem face, yeah. And I and I, Carl and I from Bedford. I do, and I did a I did a reaction um, to Milan's game against Newcastle actually, where I played the the, the parts. I acted the parts of um, of of of, uh, of the prem face. And uh, it went viral. It's had like yeah, over yeah. two hundred thousand views. I, I I didn't know I was such a good actor because I was. You, you were told as, as an eight-year-old yeah. that you weren't. What was it? Yeah. Your, your your acting teacher said. Yeah, as I said you're... on the Thursday podcast, I was told at the age of eight uh, at school <laughs> by my drama teacher that I'm the worst actor that she'd ever seen. <laughs> so I didn't I just, know how to. This me. is this is to me to tell an it. To, uh, first of all, if you're a drama teacher for for children at like like primary school level, I mean, you, who did you have as your? Was it either you had Stanley Kubrick uh, as your drama teacher or a character off a Ricky Gervais TV show? Like it's just insane. Who turns up to an eight year old and says <laughs> you're the worst actor I've ever seen? <laughs> I so was really good. bad. She was probably right, to be fair. But <laughs> still, you know. say, as a drama teacher of like a primary school, you, like yeah. you tell, tell an eight-year-old you're the worst. What would she expect? That like you were like some sort of Sir Lawrence Olivia? I just see this in my head, and it just feels like a bloody parody. All of it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, there right. we go. Um, so the fun, but the most hilarious thing to come out of this is um, like a few hours after I put out that video. <laughs> Uh, Martin Samuel then did um, was then on some podcast himself. Um, it was the Times. The podcast. Times, yeah, the Times. That's right, yeah. Um, and he said in the in that he, did, he li- it was like he virtually copied my entire parody. Yeah, he really did. He really did. Do you know like without some, being a parody? Without it being a parody, like he he, he used all my lines. Yeah, um, he all used your points, all my points that he he basically copied. Maybe he did watch it. Like no, he said, I don't, he no, said, no, no. He, he is he, like that. He he started saying how many of the the Milan team he, he, he would get in the Newcastle team. Uh, you know, he wouldn't get in the Newcastle team, and he's a Chelsea <laughs> reject, and he's a Chelsea reject, and he's three a Chelsea players. reject. And then he yeah. goes, and then you got Brighton. I mean, Brighton, if they finish sixth in the Premier League, well, 
that makes them the top 10 in Europe, you know? <laughs> you know? And then about two hours later, Brighton lose to AAK Athens. <laughs> you know? Which was so beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful when that happened. Um, no, but it's, 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 it, it is that. Um, and, and, and yeah. Yeah, no. It's, My favourite comment was somebody calling him a toad. <laughs> just, just yeah, that, that ended me as well. That ended me as well. I saw that too, and I was like, "Okay, I was like, yeah. that's and enough." We don't that's even enough. have time. We don't have time, Nimmer, to talk about Max Rushton. If you want, I don't to want about, to talk about. You want to talk about? If you want to hear about Nimmer's war against Max Rushton, I don't have a war with Max Rushton. But what I will tell you is this: that Max Rushton has talked, has has spoken extensively on TV, two podcasts that I'm aware of. Because I ask people to stop sending me things because I feel like at this point I should I feel like I should be changing his diapers now. Like he's been crying incessantly, saying that he was attacked and yelled at and I don't know, this, that, and the other. And and I just feel that either this guy is the most thin-skinned human being to ever live, or he's I don't know what his end game is, and it's actually quite pathetic. And I'm so I'm just like ignoring it now. I ask people not to send me stuff anymore because this You're is such a bully, never. He, I'm, yeah, I'm so mean. No, it's it's ridiculous. So I, I'm just like I'm just saying. You know what? Um, I hope whatever. Like I, I can't deal with people who who are so easily offended and 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 invent things that haven't happened to prove what a victim they are. I I just find it exhausting. Mm. People like that exhaust me. And so after after hearing about him talking about it on two podcasts and on Australian national TV, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm done. To be fair though. Those that did say that uh, about Newcastle having a tougher ask uh, against Premier League teams, well, that was proven on Sunday <laughs> as uh, Newcastle beat Sheffield United 8-0. Eight. <laughs> mm. yes, that's tough. So, that's tough. Very tough. Very, very tough. Um, okay. Yeah. Do we actually have a bad Joe of the week? Um, yeah. Don't we? Um, Who are we going to go for? DiMarco's goal is always beautiful. What about me? Like, what about my acting performance? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I think you deserve it, especially since <laughs> you deserve an been, Oscar. Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> since you were since you were traumatized emotionally as a child when, yeah. when you were eight year old. As an yeah, I, thought, I finally got a redemption. I should send it to that drama teacher and say, "See, you said I couldn't make it. Well, here I am. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't act, but you see, I could. Here I am. Two hundred thousand people have watched me act now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. So good. Tell an eight-year-old that you're the worst actor I've ever seen. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Okay, right. Let's leave it okay. at that. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday for the Q and A, and then we'll be back again for a review of the midweek show. We're not sure one hundred percent when that will be. Um, Thursday yeah. or Friday, or Friday we will, we will, we, we will games, review yeah. the, the midweek yeah. action. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, have a good week. We will see you on Tuesday. Ciao, ciao.